You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt, part of Kindling Kids Radio. What happens when you move countries to be with the man you love, but then discover you're a bit of an island in your new home? Alice Duff moved with her mother from Liberia to the United States, and then she met her partner and then moved to Australia, where they had a baby. With her own family and friends far away, Alice found it hard to find her village. So she created a website. It's called Born by One. And she's in the studio with us now, and her son is playing at our feet. So if you hear something, it's just him having some fun. Hi, Alice. How are you? Hi. So let's start at the very beginning, because I just very briefly explained what happened. But the beginning says a lot about why you've built this website. What was your experience first growing up in Liberia and then in the States with your mom? Okay, now growing up in Liberia, I don't know if your listeners know anything about Liberia. We are a U.S. colony, so it's when all the free American slaves went back to Africa. So I grew up in that, and I was born in one of in a civil war. Liberia's gone through many changes, and one of the worst civil wars was back in the 90s. So it was my mom and I, and we kind of went through everything possible. And she applied for something called the diversity visa. And the diversity visa essentially allows you to move to America, kind of the full package. So we moved there. Unfortunately, the diversity visa was only for me and her, so we moved without my dad. So we moved there. She's a single mom. Her college degree that she had didn't transfer over, so it's like, ooh, what do I do? And when she moved over, the only people that she really knew were a group of other Liberian women. And what they did as they did back home, Liberia, was they essentially formed a village around each other. So I had a group of about five women who they all had kids about. We weren't all about the similar ages. Some of them were about 10 years older than me. Some of them were basically newborns. So what happened was each woman would take turns. So when it was my mom's turn, she would be the one to go to school and then um, work. And I would always have like play aunts and uncles to look after me. So that way each person got an education, they got to work, as well as had their child looked after. So you, you always kind of had someone looking out for your child. Now, what's funny about that is when you're growing up, you're, just, you're, you're so afraid of doing anything wrong because <laughs> your mother has eyes everywhere (laughs) like like um an example is when I went to university I went to university uh three hours away from where I grew up and I was like I'm away from my mom I can kind of whoop it up a bit and I get I get a call on my phone and mom's like so what were you doing the other night I'm like uh, I was studying in the library and being a good girl. <laughs> she, she goes, really? My friend, X, Y, and Z, saw you. I'm like, no. You were even here? <laughs> like, how do you have eyes everywhere? <laughs> and, and that's how it worked, essentially, was these women essentially became like a village for her. So even when I didn't, even when my mother wasn't physically there, I always had people, older women who were always watching out for me. And there are times they've come to my rescue where I was like, uh, mom, I don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> like, I accidentally spend my rent money and I need food. She goes, okay, your aunt X, Y, and Z is, and she lives a few blocks away from you. I'll tell her you're coming over to give you food. I'm like, okay. Oh, that's brilliant. And it, so, and it th- sounds like it's more than just friends looking out for other, each other. It feels like it was like a extended family. It really is. That's what that's what's amazing about it is that these women were essentially able to become a family for each other. Eventually my dad did eventually come to America, 
But even afterwards, I still was depending on them for even when my mom was busy at at work. It's like, hey, I need someone to pick me up. She goes, okay, Susie, not really her name, <laughs> is going to be picking up her son. Just hop in the car with her. She knows my number. She'll call me. And there are times where I'll come home. My mom wasn't home. It's like, mom, you're not home. She goes, okay, X, Y, and Z is down the street. I'll let her know that you're coming over. Yeah, And so it's like I always had somewhere to go. I always had someone watching out for me. And there was never a time where I was truly alone because you always had family around. And your mom obviously trusted them and you knew and trusted yes. them. Wow. Your family, your mom did a great service for the government there because <laughs> childcare wasn't necessary. No, and it's it, – and, like, can, can you imagine being a single mom? Like, she was a single mom in a new country. You know how – well, I don't know if, like, you know how it's cliche for immigrant parents to say – I came to America with $3 in my pocket and I did X, Y, and Z. <laughs> and you're like, yes, mother, and you had to walk uphill both directions to go to school. And <laughs> that's what they do. So for what she essentially did was she came to America and through the help of these group of women, she was able to make a life right now. And what's wonderful is that each and every one of their children are the ones who benefited the most from it. Because your mom was able to do well for herself and you were able to always have someone watching out for you. Like nothing puts the fear of God in you than to know that if I mess up, my mom has eyes everywhere. I don't know where they are, but they are watching out for me. Even here in Australia, when she came from my wedding, she's like, oh, I know someone who lit. I'm like, no, No, not again. How is this possible? She goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, He and his family, he moved over. And I'm just like. You're serious. It's still like, happening. It's yeah, it, still it really, happening. It's, it, it's amazing that that out of out of the small little group of it was only five women. Out of that, you develop this community of just amazingness. And um, my my play aunt and her are coming to see. She calls it her baby. She goes, "Oh no, Thaddeus, that is my child. <laughs> <laughs> You're just the vessel that was used to bring him into the world." So I was like, "Okay." He's trying to make a run for it just quietly. You, you can't get out, mate. No, he, a, the he, door is closed. I, I wouldn't test him. He's, like, <laughs> <laughs> he's a clever one. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to figure out how to get out of here. So, of course, coming to Australia, we are very far away yes. from the United States and Liberia. And although your mum may have known one person, I'm assuming you came here, it was pretty much starting from scratch. Yes, all over again. And what I found difficult was I was essentially, I don't want to say desperate because it sounds really bad, but yes, I was desperate for friends. If there was a way to make friends, I did it. Like, I'm talking, I went to meetups. I went to these things called friendships be dating. And seriously, it was the most nerve-wracking thing. I'm like, I don't know how people are dating these days. Like, <laughs> I, I literally, I was, I was in front of the mirror. I'm like, hey, hey, Brad, does this outfit look good? Does this outfit say be my friend? But not like I'm desperate. What about the shade of lipstick that I'm wearing? <laughs> and I went out on all of these multiple, multiple, multiple dates. And by the end of it, I can probably say that I had a group of probably about five or ten like girlfriends Mm. and for me what really was like the pivoting point was when I became pregnant Mm. like I was no longer the cool wing woman because I like to think that I am the world's coolest wing woman like I can see that (laughs) I can see how you do that I I can get there and be like hello this is my cool friend and she can she wants a date with you (laughs) but becoming pregnant means that I was no longer going out and these friends that I have made they were out there partying and I'm like um it's eight o'clock 
the kid and I need to sleep. So yeah, peace on out. Now, um, we used to live in Maroubra, and we actually moved out west, uh, Maroubra, New South Wales. So we, we moved out west to um, around the Parramatta area. And I was, this this is terrible in hindsight, but at the time it sounded like it was a good idea. I was about seven months pregnant, and my movers had flaked on me. Oh, no. My movers had flaked on me, so in, in all of my wisdom, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call on Facebook because I have 290 Facebook friends, <laughs> and I know at least one of them will come through for me. So I pull out, I, I did like a whole, hey, guys, this is what's happening. Can I get some help? And... Like, it was depressing slash eye-opening because I got a lot of likes. I got a lot of sad faces. I got a lot of, oh, we're so sorry. And not a single person offered to help. And for me, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, these friendships that I thought were really good friends that I had worked so hard to cultivate and to, like, I I went on so many brunch dates that I did not want to be on because the brunch was not that good. Like, I went on a lot of French dates to to make these friends. And then it's like in like that moment of like, I needed a village. I needed help. I needed like people to actually stand beside me. You were kind of left like, wah, wah. Like, I'm like, there's no one there. And for me, I was like, um, and, and being seven months pregnant, I don't know if it was the hormones. I was just like, oh, gosh, Brad, what's happening? And, I, and I'm like bawling my eyes out. He's like, I'm so sorry. What do we do? I was like, I don't know. We're going to have to figure something out. I just can't believe it. <laughs> because the, the friends that I had, because um, w- with my um, back to the village my mom had, there were times where she moved. She never paid for a mover because it was it was literally a village of people came. It's like, we'll get it together. You always pizza and beer. That's it. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else they need to pay for is because it's we're here tit for tat. you. It's yeah. You help them, they help you. And we really don't have much of that unless they're blood relatives and they can't say no. I mean, I have friends I know who would do that. Yeah. But they're, they're few and they're special. Yeah. Elise is one of them. She's one of those people who would do that. So when, when we have people like that in our lives here, I think, or I personally, hold them up in really high regard because I, it seems like we live in a culture here where that doesn't really happen. Although, having said that and coming back to mm-hmm. why you started um, Born by One, there have been instances I've heard about on special groups on uh, Facebook, for example, mm-hmm. Inner West Mums, Inner West Single uh, single Mums, and all these different places where someone will put a call out and then people will flock to them. Yes. So is that what you were thinking when you started Born by One? No, actually, what I was thinking was the name Born by One is shortened on a phrase as you're born by one but raised by many. There's a quote, I, I, I forget what the quote is by, but essentially it says this idea of parenting is meant to be on your own is actually quite a new phenomenon. It's like you were never ever meant to parent on your own. Like I tip my hat off 100% to single moms and dads who were doing it on their own because I'm just like, God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> like I have a little one. I can't imagine doing it on my own. So the, the reason why Born by One came about is because I saw, like I went to mommy groups. I did everything that you're supposed to do to make new mom friends. And I saw that you were developing just a very superficial level of friendships where it was like, oh yeah, let's do brunch. But if my child was crying at two in the morning and I needed advice, I didn't have anyone to turn to. Or if if I'm like, dude, I'm really, really struggling. People are, and when you say like, oh, I'm struggling, people are like, 
So how do I respond to that? Because it's not happy news. Like, what do you do? What do you do with that? So like, that's what Bourbon White came out of because we, we, are in a, we live in a society that values this independence when really we're meant to be interdependence. Like, no man is an island. Never has been, never will be, even though Australia is an island. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, an, it's an island physically. It is not a human being. Yes. Oh, I've just confused the metaphor completely. Sorry about that. Keep going. <laughs> No, no, no. But but that's what it, it came out of is this idea like you're not an island. You're not meant to do it on your own. And I also see so many um, people just kind of constantly spinning their wheels. And I have a child. My child has this many things to do and that many things to do. And even um, something simple as I have to do school runs. And it's like, well, don't you know people who are doing the exact same school runs? Why aren't you two getting together? And they so, probably live next door. Yeah. So I just have to say that that tapping sound you can hear is um, Thaddeus, is, he's, he's playing the drums. Yes. He is having a little musical time <laughs> down on the ground because we won't let him have anything else mm-hmm. except for one toy. So he's making some music. So if you hear that, that's what you're hearing. You might hear the occasional scream just of excitement. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Isn't that interesting, though? Because what you're saying is is so true in terms of even within my own family, we do help each other out when we can. Mm-hmm. But I know that my sister seems to be eternally grateful when I drop her son off from daycare and it's on the way home. Exactly. Our kids love each other. I'm like... It's on my way home. Why, why shouldn't I do it? Why wouldn't we have done this from the start? Yeah. Do you think that we've just become too individualistic and we just haven't got that? We, we, we've forgotten about the village. We have forgotten about the tribe sense of mentality because we're living in the world that values like, I'm a strong, independent woman. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's also nothing wrong to say like, um, fellow strong, independent woman, you want to be strong and independent <laughs> with me? Together. <laughs> yes. Like, like, let's do it together. Like, um, there's an African fr- proverb that says, if you want to go fast, do it alone. If you want to go far, do it together. Wow. And, and, that and that's what One by One comes out of is that together we can do so much more. Sorry, I haven't explained what Born by One is. Yeah, let's explain that. So what it is, is it's actually a website, not an app. Now, there's a reason for that. I find that once you once you do this and like the app, when people actually don't necessarily take that first step to be like, hey, let's meet up in person. So it's meant to be a website. You get online. You, you fill out a little profile about yourself. It's like dating for finding parent friends. That's the kid in the background. I'm sorry. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> I'll say hello. You keep talking. Yes. So w- what it is, is you, you you've, um, fill out your information about your family, just about general things about you. And then we match you based on proximity, age of kids, things that would be appropriate for you to match up with. And our goal is to get you to actually meet up in real life. Not to say like, oh, I met this friend online. She's awesome. It's like, great. Ask her out for coffee. Like, take the next step. And then once you develop that friendship, we're not saying like overnight, you'd be like, hey, here's my kid, please <laughs> hang out with them. Like once you develop that friendship, it could take months, it could take weeks. Just there's some people that I've met, which within a month, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're such a good person. Let's be friends. Some people I've met, it's taken months to get to know them. Mm. That's just a natural part of it. But the goal is for you to form a, co- a co-op. Now, a co-op is a unique concept to Australia. It's not the apartment co-op. It's actually a co-op of families. So essentially, you have a group of families who are working together to help make life easier for themselves and for their kids. So you're sharing the parental burden. You're sharing the parenting responsibility. 
an example, like the most common example of a co-op is a babysitting co-op. So we ask for no more than five families because that way you only really get one one week in a month that you have to be committed to looking after the kids. So one week in a month, all the other families bring the kids to your house. The other families are free, like, hey, party. <laughs> now, if, if it's going to be a lot of kids, like each family pitches in like 10 bucks, order pizza, do something simple. Just entertain the kids, hang out with them, and then all the parents agree to be back by midnight to pick up their children. So for those five or six hours you're without your kids, you can go have fun and be like, yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a wife, not just a mother. Or I can go out and spend time with my friends, not actually just be a mom all the time or be a dad all the time. And then from that, we want you to expand next into doing um, a carpooling. Now, carpooling is where I find that people are probably going to get the most benefit from. Because if you and I are going to the same place, why are, why are we both driving? It's like, <laughs> like similar to the babysitting co-op. One, one time a week, like one week a month, you're dedicated to either picking up the kids or dropping them off at school. So that way, one person's getting a sleep in and one person's going to have to go through the pickup line. Because I hear that those are horrendous. I have not had to deal with them personally. He's seven months old. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, from that, you, you can also expand into a lunch-making schedule. So one week a month, once again, you're in charge of making lunch for the people in your co-op. Like, can you imagine how much easier it's going to be to know that I know that someone is going to be, like, looking out for my child for the time that I'm not available to? Even something simple as after-school care. If I'm picking a kid up from school, I'm home early, why send them to after-school care if they can hang out at my house for a few hours and then you pick them up on the way home? And then I know the next weekend you'll do the same thing for me. And that way, people, you're saving money, not just on groceries, because... If you're making one sandwich, one sandwich, how much harder is it to make a second or a third sandwich? And you're only doing that one week a month. So that's the whole goal is to kind of is to do this whole shared economy because the shared economy is becoming popular with things like Uber and um, Airtasker and Airbnb. So why not uh, do the exact same thing with parenting? where you're sharing the parental responsibilities with pe- with a group of people that you trust who live in your neighborhood, who are within close proximity of you. And then plus your kids get the experience of having friends, friends that they can rely on. And the most important thing is on the weekend, if once you're like hardcore co-oping on the weekend, but like, you know what, it's Saturday, little Susie's got soccer, little Billy's got soccer. Hey, why don't you go to soccer this week and then I'll go to soccer next week so one of us can get something done (laughs) on a Saturday morning. My sister-in-law is a single mom. And when I tell you on Saturdays, I call her. She goes, oh, gosh, I'm running from this place to that place and this place to that place. I'm like, don't you know someone who's going in a similar direction where you can be like, hey, you take the kids. I'll pick them up. So one of us are free. Like One of us gets a free hour in the day. I love it because we talk a lot about the village and how we don't have a village anymore, but there's not a lot of practical discussion about how to recreate it. So I love this idea. Alice, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, you're very welcome. If you're interested in joining, our website is bornbyone.com and come board and let's help you find your village. Love it. That's Alice Dove. She's a founder of Born by One and we'll put a link up to that website at kindling.com.au. Just go to Kindling Conversation and you'll find this story with all the information. You've been listening to a Kindling Conversation podcast. We'd like to reach as many parents as possible and you can help us by giving us a review wherever you downloaded this episode. It means that more people can find us. I'm Siobhan Hunt. See you next time.